Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash. So, on Monday, we covered 2003's Hulk, where it was less Hulk smash and more Hulk look at lichen on rock and contemplate beauty of nature. Which is fine if you're a fan of lichen. But today, it's less lichen and more Vitan. As Edward Norton steps into the stretchy pants for the second film and everyone's favourite in the MCU from 2008, it's The Incredible Hulk. We've never seen anything even close to your levels of exposure. That you survived an event like that, it's beyond my comprehension. I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. As far as I'm concerned, that man's whole body is property of the U.S. Army. They want it as a weapon. If we let it go, we will never get it back. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. You're going to have a lot of professional tough guys pissing in their pants, sir. I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> I'm Vicky Crompton. <laughs> I'm Chris Tilly. Was that your Tim Roth? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, it was. Yes. Uh, very quickly, if you haven't subscribed to us, uh, it would be amazing if you could do that on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating, give us a review. It is hugely appreciated by the three of us. And speaking of reviews, Christopher? Yeah, we got a review from the Don's Manor who said, simply brilliant. If you love films, you'll love this podcast. It's always a good laugh and you often find out some interesting facts about the films you didn't know. Those are probably mine. Uh, It's also meant that I've revisited (laughs) some films that I hadn't watched in years and watched quite a few movies that I hadn't seen before, which is what we like to hear. So thank you, Don's Manor. And we're going to read out one every week. So go give us a review. And Mm. it's nice if they're nice, but make them funny. So I'm less embarrassed. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, The Don's Manor. Uh, That's wonderful. And you can follow us at uh, ClashPod on Twitter and at ClashPod on Instagram, whichever is your social media of choice. So part two of Hulk versus the Incredible Hulk. Chris's choices, remind us why. I know you said you were reappraising Hulk on Monday. Was there a particular reason that you wanted to put it with this other than Hulk? No, no, it's because they're both Hulk movies. But I do, I do really, really love the Hulk character. It's one of my favourite comic book characters, so I was just really wanted to do a week talking about him. Okay. Uh, well, on Monday, I held your big green hands around 2003's Hulk, which means today Vicky is going to make it an incredible show from 2008's Incredible Hulk. V, take us on a journey. 
Ed Norton plays Bruce Banner, just your average guy working in a fizzy drink factory and practicing capoeira in a favela. But when British Tim Roth, playing Croatian US Army man Emil Blonsky, turns up on the orders of angry moustache William Hurt, then Bruce's pulse really starts racing and the big guy comes out to play. Then he walks to the United States, reconnects with ex Liv Tyler, who as Betty Ross literally just says, Bruce, 48 times, and gets a perfectly nice coat, very dirty, and they can't even bone because of the aforementioned pulse issue. Tim Roth becomes Abomination, and him and Hulk roar at each other in a CGI fight to the not-death, mirroring Iron Man's climactic fight scene where essentially your hero fights a tricked-out version of themselves. And if it worked in Iron Man, well, it didn't really. So roll credits. Oh, look, there's Robert Downey Jr. It's Tony Stark. Hooray, film saved. Very good. Very good. Two very good introductions this week, people. Very impressed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the review. So uh, I hadn't seen this film, so it was a first-time watch for me. Um, Mm. Yep, a great way to spend my time. Uh, What's your personal histories with this film? I told you, mine on the phone. So um, I couldn't remember any of it. I've seen (laughs) it, um, (laughs) and I told you I can remember one thing, which is where he's in a kind of glass overpass, and people fire gas at him, and he comes out and roars. And that, that action sequence is literally the only thing I can remember from this movie. And it was two days ago when I, I watched it for the second time. It's still the only thing I can remember <laughs> from this movie. So you told you told Vicky about this on the phone? Um, what are you talking no. about? Oh, are no. we in trouble? Are we in trouble? <laughs> well, we, had a, we had a, fo- we had a we phone, had phone conversation. Do you, and, have a pre- uh, do you have a pre-show? <laughs> I don't know about. It's uh, available now on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, why do you think the, the introductions were both so good this week, Chris? We're doing it for the show. We had a little meeting, discussed what each other were going to do. We didn't. He's, look, he's got really quite. We I'm didn't. Joking. I'm joking. Di- we didn't. We had, I just went. Oh shit! Are you going to watch the Incredible Hulk? I remember this from it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly what you said. <laughs> that's um, it. <laughs> what's your history? Because uh, were you disappointed by this? Did, one? A, did a lot of coverage on this film because I was working at IGN at the time, and uh, superhero movies were our bread and butter. So I remember we just we seemed to talk to Le- Louis Leterrier, the director, over and over again. He's a very nice man. What I remember most from him is him being quietly confident that he would be directing the Avengers movie, which did no come to pass. No. I um I once hosted the um the uh, premiere the premiere of um uh, the the awful three D conversion of Clash of the Titles uh, titles Titans that <laughs> um, that uh, uh, Louis Leterrier directed, and he was so lovely to me on the carpet. I thought I'd give him like a huge introduction as he walked on stage at uh, the the Empire in Leicester Square. And so I was like, um, as I laid it up, the legend, Louis Leterrier. And I swear to God, I heard Sam Worthington next to me go, legend? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a decent bloke, though, because obviously that 3D um, conversion was terrible. But, you know, they're supposed to say it's great. It's what we wanted. He was very honest. He came out and said, this is bad. Don't watch this film in 3D. We, You know, this is not what I wanted, this is not how the film was shot and this is not how it should have been released. Whereas the late, great uh, Richard Zanuck, who I was obviously <laughs> thrilled to meet because of Jaws on the on the red carpet, still don't know whether he was uh, joking or not when I said to him, do you think, uh, do you think 3D is going to be the future of film? You know, obviously he produced Clash of the Titans and he went, uh, it won't be if uh, people keep making these uh, shoddy 3D conversions. <laughs> I was, I was like, what? what are you talking? Have you seen your movie? <laughs> okay, so let's let's rattle through uh, a bit of background here. So as you all know, this is the second movie in the MCU after Iron Man released the same year. Written by Zach Penn, but not finished by Zach Penn, because he left the project in 2007 to direct The Grand. So, Louis Leterrier is attached at this point. They give it a release date of a year later, 2008, but there's no script. Don't worry, say Marvel. They really want Ed Norton over Leterrier's desire for Mark Ruffalo, but as part of this deal, Ed Norton gets to write, produce, so problem solved. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) 
Um, Louis the Terrier said... He'd done a good job on American History X. I think that sort of... That worked in his favour at this point. Yeah, I read he made Tony Kay so angry on American History X that he punched his hand off, basically, on a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Like he could see bone. He says he's still got the scar. Anyway. Um, Where... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Louis the Terrier said... I've started movies without screenplays, both on Clash and on Hulk, and that is tremendously stressful because you have a tendency to overcompensate with effects. You haven't tested it out in your head. You didn't run it over and over, Um, which I think you can say about Hulk, certainly. Um, Ed Norton, so he did rewrites every day, but apparently him and the Terrier are fine with it. They're getting on according to the two of them, and, and that maybe their disagreement was overblown um, by the studio because it's the studio that had a problem, according to the Ed Norton side of things, with the film because they wanted something that was the opposite of Ang Lee's film. They didn't want anything too cerebral, so they wanted quite a lot of fighting and there's a lot of pushing and pulling in either direction. Um so Louis Leterrier said, uh, a movie is a sum of compromises and it's very obvious in The Incredible Hulk. The first half of the movie is mine and the second half is the studio's expected Hulk movie. Um, there was a lot of public falling out. There were some leaks to the press that Ed Norton wouldn't do press if he didn't get his way and that tensions in the edit were very high. Uh, but yeah, like he said, he said it's all overblown. He's very proud of it. Uh, but as we all know, when it came time to roll out the Hulk again, Hello, Mark Ruffalo. Ed Norton is not invited to that party. So maybe, you know, who knows? Ed Norton apparently wanted a much longer cut of this movie, uh, closer to two hours, and the studio was like, no, it's got to be an hour and a half or a little over an hour and a half. And there are, um, and I watched them, I I don't know whether you watched them, there's about half an hour, over half an hour, close to 40 minutes worth of deleted scenes that are available to watch on YouTube. And I did watch them. And I, I'm surprised because um, I didn't think I'd fall on this side of things. But I think Ed Norton is right. There are some really great scenes which I think would flesh out a lot of the characters in this movie. There's some great General Ross scenes with William Hurt. There's so much more of Ty, um, uh, Ty uh, Burrell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Phil from Modern Family and that's all he'll ever yeah. be. Yeah. So Phil yeah. Fra- there's loads of Phil from Modern Family um Liv Tyler and Edward Norton and and their sort of love triangle. And you just sort of look at them and you go, wow, given like 20 minutes more, you'd feel like this wasn't such a rush and underdeveloped, which I think is what I feel when I watch this. So I didn't watch it, but is it true there's a deleted scene where the Hulk tries to um, commit suicide at the beginning? Mm. No, sorry, Bruce Banner does, but the Hulk won't let him and mm. sort of pulls him back. Is that true? It's it's kind of like the, the, it's a little bit like the the mention that uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo gives in one of the movies where he says, I I put a bullet in my mouth and uh, the Hulk spit it back out. Um, But yeah, he goes to the Arctic. He's in the Arctic and he goes into the middle of nowhere and he's about to pull a gun and he transforms and the Hulk's holding the gun and just crushes it. It's really cool. good. Yeah, Have that's you, a really good. Did you spot Captain America in that scene, Alex? No. So he's supposedly frozen in the ice and they've said he's frozen in the ice there. It's not. It's a long time before they cast Chris Evans. It's just, you know, a, a digital effect. And, and I've even gone on articles where they show you where he's hidden in the ice. I can't bloody see him for the life of me. I'll, I'll post it. <laughs> I'll post it on our Twitter. But... Um, yeah, it's so, it seemed so pointless when I you can't see him. I don't know why they why they even bothered. But um, <laughs> but you, you you I mean you said two hours. It, it clocks in at 112 minutes, so this is very nearly a two hour movie already. So yeah, if they had added in that footage, you're looking at about two and a quarter hour movie. Mm. Like like uh, the Ang Lee. I, I, uh, yeah, I mean I. I think it could have. I think it could have done with it, and it's weird to say that because I'm always of the, the the mindset, you know, chop it if it's unnecessary. But and you can see why they've gone because they aren't in inadvertent commas necessary, but they do just give you a little bit more breathing space. Like the second half for me is just such a rush from one place to the next, and there's no there's no time to let the movie, you know, marinate. Mm. Nice. Well, Thanks. should we talk about talk about that that very same film? Yeah. Okay. So, as I mentioned on the other episode, um, we it covers off all the backstory in the opening credits. Which, on the one hand, I think I I admire that it's great to get it done, but on the other hand, it sets it's for me it's set expectations really high because it straight away says 
this shit doesn't even get a rubbish flashback. It doesn't even get a voiceover, which you know how I feel about voiceovers. It's like, we're, we're going to put the titles up over this, so don't pay attention to that because what's coming up now is going to blow your head off. And, you know, it doesn't. It, yeah. I thought it was a it strange gave, thing. It gave birth... Go on, Alex. Oh, uh, I was just going to say it also gave birth to one of those words that I fucking hate, which is when Gail Ann Hurd called it a requel. It's not a reboot or a sequel. It's a requill. And, you know, when you just sort of throw up into your mouth and have to swallow it back down. One of those. It, is, it is a strange decision to start off with him in Brazil when we've left, uh, and it's not a sequel to Hulk, and yet we left him in the jungle in the last movie. It, it feels like they want to have their cake and eat it. So it could be seen as a sequel with a different actor in the lead role. It really could from the last movie yeah. that we talked about. And yet they give us a new opening um, sequence in a new origin sequence in the credits. So, yeah. It's it just it hurts my head thinking about it already. You know, five minutes in <laughs> the, the, the credit sequence. Uh, my problem with the credit sequence is it does something really cool. Like it does a POV shot where you are the Hulk, and I just can't believe they don't use that more in it because I think it's a there's a really fascinating idea which hasn't been done in any of the Hulk movies, but you feel that they might have gone and done here with that opening where. You sort of you, you you know like John Cusack at the end of being John Malkovich where he's trapped in the other body and he can't mm. control it but he can see what's happening. Can mm. you imagine a sort of version where Banner is inside the Hulk and he can't control anything but you're seeing his point of view as mm. shit's going down and That's people good. are attacking him and yeah. destructions all around him but he's not controlling it. I think that would be fucking awesome. Alex, that is excellent. You should 100% make that your change at the end of this podcast. <laughs> okay, but we'll hang on to that. But that opening sequence is also some of its shot for shot remake of the TV credits as well, which I really liked being, you know, a nostalgia junkie uh, for that. Uh, well, so talking about where well, you mentioned Brazil, so Bruce, he's just trying to fit in and pretend he doesn't have white privilege in a favela, even though he can leave whenever <laughs> he wants. Um, and then he gets some blood in some green juice. And you instantly think, oh, brilliant, we're going to get a new Hulk. <laughs> but no, we don't. We just use it to kill Stanley, and he doesn't even go a bit hulky first, Do, which is right. very disappointing. <laughs> does he, I, so does he, does, is that what happens? It kills him. I could, they sort of said he got gamma inside him, but I, I was like, unless he died, and you're sort of, sort of dodging the word died, because, you know, PG-13 movie, like you want to see, like, j- just the Zimmer frame get thrown through the front of a house. <laughs> Just something that suggests he's got a bit Hulk. Just something. Just otherwise, what a waste. Did it not um, make you think though that how how unhygienic like some drinks might be? That I, every time I open a can of drink now, I'm like, I wonder if there's blood in here because that could yeah. happen in any factory. Like there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing unique about that factory that means it could only happen there. That could happen. There could be fingernails in your kind of uh, not iron brew. <laughs> You don't endanger your fledgling sponsorship deal, Alex. Imagine. Thank you, thank you. I've been to an iron brew factory. It is spotless, the most hygienically produced drink in the world. Uh, so Bruce has got an internet relationship with someone called Mr. Blue, who is edging towards a cure. Now, uh, I sort of lost the thread of this a bit, but Bruce sends him a blood sample. Mr. Blue says, not enough. He needs to know cell saturation before he can determine for sure if this cure he's working on would would work, which made absolutely no sense to me because one drop of blood in terms of its analysis is the same as a pint of blood. Am I correct? Why would we? You don't need more blood. (laughs) (laughs) Alex is a, Alex, I'm a scientist. Alex, I'm a scientist, Zane. Is that true? You've got three A-levels. Step up and tell me. <laughs> um, anyway, I was just like, that doesn't make any sense to yes. me. Yes. Yes, yes. it's true. <laughs> anyway, let's not get too far into that because Tim Roth is going to shoot a dog in a minute. <laughs> um, and yes, then I'm anti, I'm anti, I, am pro, I am pro killing and punching Hulk dogs in the balls, but I'm not, I'm not pro hurting real dogs. Although you think he shot the dog, which makes him a villain, and then it, you realise it's a yeah. track dart, so... Not as yeah. bad. Yeah. Not as yeah, bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good, though. When, uh, this this bit where Tim Roth turns up is, is great because he, he arrives, doesn't he, uh, slightly earlier. And I, I, just wanna, I, I just want to know if I'm right or wrong. I rewound it, and I swear it happens. And I'm sort of like, what is, what is happening? When he arrives in a helicopter, does fire shoot out of the helicopter? 
for no reason to just let you know he's a badass it's like what what, that's dangerous if you've got a helicopter where fire comes out of it when it lands it's broken it's broken it's it's a broken (laughs) helicopter well tim roth is going to chase bruce through the favela with a little bit of parkour and running through people's laundry because this film yeah. will offer you no surprises <laughs> whatsoever. Well, like, it, it would be surprising now, but in that, in that period, because District 13, the French film, was the one that started all the parkour craze in 2004. Yeah. But then Bond did it in 2006. Marvel did it here. Prince of Persia did it in 2010. So every yeah. every year, basically, in the in the first decade of this century, you got a parkour sequence in a big movie and it, became, it mm. becomes so old hat by the time this one did it. Yeah. Plus, you've got another problem in that Edward Norton um, is no Matt Damon or Tom Cruise when it comes to the old running. <laughs> he does not look cool. <laughs> hey, the, 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 there's two things here. One thing's good, one thing's bad. One, uh, the good thing is I like the bit where the guy can't see where he's going and wallops into the building opposite and falls to presumably cool. his death. Yeah, It awesome. is really cool. It reminds me of when Peters falls through the hole in Event Horizon when she doesn't realise it's there. It's very cool. Stop talking the about Event Horizon. Thing, all yeah. right, we've done it now. I should we, I should drop that. Um, the bad thing, though, is that really old-fashioned thing, like probably decades earlier, where the action hero is hidden by a girl and as a way of saying thank you for hiding him, he just, <laughs> he just play plants a kiss on her as he leaves. She wasn't, yeah. she wasn't asking for it, but he's like, how can I say thank you and goodbye in a really cool way? I'm yeah. just going to kiss you without asking and then and then leave forever. But just so I, it's such an <laughs> ego trip for him because he's yeah. saying, just so you know, it would have worked between us. I would have liked you. And this kiss says that, but now I'm gone forever. Bye-bye. And also she's like, su- like supernaturally beautiful. She's not just like some she's woman. A super, that- she, well, she's the supermodel, isn't she, that he's mates with in the in the bottle bank earlier that he sort of protects, oh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. isn't that's he? True, yeah. Why does she work there? She's like the only woman in the whole place. <laughs> <laughs> Because someone needs someone needs to get harassed by um, the, yeah. the, the weird the rat the rat guy, um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's all it's just the whole thing is like she's in her dressing gown and he's all like ready to run and do an action sequence. It's so like wow, is this two thousand and eight? What? But also, but to be fair, you, that's a Bond thing to do, isn't it? But this is not Bond. This is Banner. This is a tortured scientist. So I'm with you, Alex. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. It's really out of character for him in this whole movie. It's the only thing he does that is in any way like that. It's so strange. Um, but the mercenaries, which I think they are, um, they are going to bring out the Hulk. Now, I didn't. I, I liked this because I understand that you want to build up to the full reveal. So the first time we're going to see him, it's going to be night vision. It could be annoying. Didn't annoy me. Liked it. What did you think? Um, I didn't like... I did not like the bit where he goes... Leave me alone. I was like, <laughs> say something, say an- anything cooler. Like, I get the idea, like, protect yourselves because I'm the Hulk now and shit's going to go down. Say, like, go, get away, run. Like, a warning, not like, leave me alone. <laughs> I hated it. I like the green eyes. He wears the green eye, uh, green contact lenses, which, I mean, Edward Norton was a big fan of the TV show, so he he was the one that threw in all the throwbacks. But that's so simple but so effective in terms of, of, of the transformation. I'm, I'm already sort of mentally there when I see those eyes. Yeah. Um, it's kind yeah. of undone for me, and it's a point I will mention more than once, so uh, get ready for a treat. It's just the dialogue, and if, if Ed Norton's responsible for this, then... If I ever meet that man, I'll say to him, I don't know what you were thinking. So first first crime, after we've seen the Hulk and all the rest of it, we are treated to Tim Roth, the Englishman. Once again, he's an Englishman, a member of the US Army, saying he threw a fortlift like it was a softball. And everyone in England is just like, <laughs> it's not right. Like, and I was brainstorming other stuff you could have said. Nothing funny. A Satsuma, anything. But the Yorkshire we- pie. <laughs> A Union Jack flag. <laughs> a bulldog. He threw it like it was a British bulldog. He, he threw it like a bust of Churchill, but a small one. Yeah, like the crown jewels. Something, but a softball. I mean, Tim Roth is doing his absolute best, but I hate, I hate that line. 
Um, what is a Yorkshire pie? Oh, I think I, made, such... I, I got caught up between pork pie and Yorkshire pudding. Uh, yeah. So I create, well, <laughs> to, 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 I'm, having, I'm on a roll here. That's a new invention, the Yorkshire I'll make pie. A, I'll, just, I'll make a joke for like the three people from Lancashire that listen to us. It's like a normal pie, but it's smaller. Am I right? No. What? I won't put up with that. <laughs> Good one, me. Oh, connecting yes. to my roots. <laughs> it's like the War of the Roses all over again. <laughs> yeah, because they they're really tight. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, anyway. So, um, Bruce decides to walk home, um, and we meet lovely Betty, who, as I've mentioned, because I can't believe it, her entire function is to go, Bruce, lords, and she doesn't do anything else. Um, now, another point about the dialogue, just let me get this off my chest. He finds out that she's got the data that he's been looking for about his massive blood or whatever, and the <laughs> two reconnect, right? So two actors, two good actors that have been in good films. Now, they are obviously struggling to contain their emotions. She thought he was dead, and he comes walking back into her life, bringing up all these feelings, and now she's with someone else, and she thought she'd buried it. He wants her. But she's with someone else. And also, if he has her, he might crush her, right? So they're together in a scene which should be, pardon the word, but throbbing with sexual tension. And what he says to her is, I need to leave. I'll get the bus. And she says to him, at least let me walk you to the station. She goes to bed. He cries a bit. He goes to bed. Probably has a wank. Got to keep his heart rate down. The end. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Even if your actors don't have the chops to do it, which I think these two do, the the subtext underneath, I need to leave, I'll get the bus, is just rubbish. It makes me so angry. I, I can't believe you think he can have a wank. I think this film makes no, it yeah. pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Yeah. I think it's a, they, they, you get the graphic on screen, Days Without Incident. I think it should be Days Without Wanks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he could probably just have a very, very slow one, like one that would just like over like time, like an accidental sort of. one. Yeah, like a gradual you'd be one. Ta- you'd be taking an afternoon off and just very slowly bringing yourself to climax, where you never got particularly excited, but biologically it still had to happen. Do you think he'd keep yeah. taking himself to the edge and then pulling himself back <laughs> with the wank and with becoming the Hulk? I don't want to answer that, Chris. I feel like I feel like for the first time uh, we've lowered the tone even below our own standards. Um... <laughs> so anyway, in in the meantime, anyway, Tim Roth is being upgraded or weaponized or something by General Ross, who now, as I understand it, he wants a man with Tim Roth's experience in a body ten years younger. Question: Why don't you just find a guy who's ten years younger who's really good at gymnastics but also killing people? Yeah, but it's the experience, Victoria. You won't know because you haven't been out there. But let me tell you a little story. (laughs) I'm Ross Kemp, and I've been on the front line. And nothing, no training can match for the experience of being out there. Ross Kemp on the Hulk. (laughs) But that's the general thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, he's been out there. It's about the the mindset, you know, of like having having done all that, I, I, I think. Did you say a gymnast? Yeah, because I when... mean, what are you going to do? Hi, you're a gymnast. What wonderful! Um, have you ever been in combat um, against a gamma radiated foe? <laughs> you, you haven't. <laughs> it's ma- mainly gymnastics, is it? That's weird. <laughs> it's a quite a short career span for a gymnast. You know, it's like it's like gold medal or nothing kind of thing. So once they get to like 28, maybe they're ready yeah. for a career change. No, but they're shit at gymnastics at that point. That's <laughs> that's the point. Are you, are you you're not very good anymore? Great. Have we got a job for you? <laughs> yeah. I suppose you'd have to. Yeah, if you were like a Russian ten year old, that's the sweet spot, isn't it? <laughs> that's the movie you want. Hang on a second here. This is great. So we've got a ten year old Russian gymnast on the trail yep. of the Hulk. Oh, yes. I see problems. I see problems with this film. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so the yeah the the reason I thought about the gymnast thing is because the scene that you the only scene you remember from our secret phone calls that we don't invite Chris to mm-hmm. was the Hulk is in like a glass tube, but it's not a glass tube. It's like a university or something, and it's linking the corridors. Um, and then we get to see the Hulk have a fight and be a bit mad and stamp around the field. And Tim Roth 
I think his skills at this point are doing like a backflip to, to well, get yeah. near him. Well, for a start, in the way Edward Norton was running worse than Matt Damon, Tom Cruise, Tim Roth is running better than Matt Damon and Ron, uh, Tom Cruise in this scene. True. And so it's yeah. all about. Yeah. They, I, I can see where they're coming from here. How do you how do you counter the Hulk? His power and his strength. You use speed and agility. So that's what Blonsky's doing here, which I think is actually yeah. more interesting to watch than what he becomes at the end of the film when it's just two blobs uh, fighting each other. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, completely. But... But have have you ever heard a worse sound effect to make it seem like someone is running past people fast than... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, it's like a cartoon. It's like, I get it. I can see that visually that he is running past the other people who are also running fast. I do not need to hear... <laughs> which is the stupid sound effect that gives you the idea that he's passing them. I think they had an issue with sound effects on both these movies because I know on the on the Ang Lee, one of the documentaries, they were complaining that he kept coming to the sound people saying, make, make him sound more green, which they didn't, <laughs> didn't know how to do that. Um, I know I said earlier about the deleted scenes and when he breaks into uh, the university, because uh, apparently the only need, uh, only thing you need to do to uh, to break in to a, a, a university uh, uh, is uh, pizza. You mm. can just hand it out willy-nilly and people go, of course, go straight in. You've given me pizza. And there's a deleted scene where he goes to a girl's dorm oh, and these no. girls are having a party and he's there to deliver pizza and uh, they refuse to pay him. They're like, their pizza's cold. And he and they go to close the door, and he pushes the door open and says, "Don't make me angry. Whoa. You won't like me when I'm angry." Jesus! <laughs> it's just like you sort of go, uh, "Misjudged doesn't cover it, really. That's menacing and really threaty. It's really, it's really threatening. It's really awful. Like, it's a really weird moment. So, well done on cutting that. Yeah. Uh, so then Betty and Bruce run away together, but they can't have sex ever. And for some reason, she doesn't just leave him instantly. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, well, I'll ride this one out, no pun intended, and see where we end up. Um, then we've got some hilarious skewering of how angry New York City can make a girl um, before we meet Mr. Blue. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, oh, what, what? We've, got to talk. We've got to talk about what is, I mean, genuinely a great action sequence. You can sort of moan about other bits in the film, but the, the, that bit where it is like the Hulk appears for the first time, he jumps out of the overpass, lands on the ground and roars. And he is pretty fucking scary when he roars. And that whole sequence, I, I think it's, it's pretty... Pretty well done. Pretty well directed. It's a solid action sequence. I get a few goosebumps here and there. I will say it's terribly, terribly mismanaged as a military operation. Yes, uh, that's what I mean. I mean, like, William Hurt, right right from the start, his General Ross goes, who jumped the gun? Five minutes more and we could have had some snipers. <laughs> then he's like, where are my 50 calibers? Move your asses. Then he's like, Where's my gunship? Like, nothing is there on time. <laughs> it's like he hasn't organised this at all. Then when the gunship turns up, he's having to say into the water, fire, goddammit. Then <laughs> only then does he realise his daughter's there. He's like, oh, stop firing. He's he's rubbish at, 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 at being a general. Is that um, not because Blonsky goes in too early? Or is that not here? No, that's later on. That's 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 definitely not here. Here, Blonsky's still playing ball. My, my only issue here is I don't think the Hulk looks great. I, I, I don't like what they did with his design here. I don't even think he looks as good as the Hulk in the Ang Lee film. And I know you thought he mm. was too green, but I didn't mind the, the that colour, that sort of almost cartoonish colour sort of popping off the screen. But I think here he, they've gone backwards and I think he looks weird and veiny. He's too veiny. Well, they came... I think this was a, a Louis Leterrier idea. I might be wrong, but he said that he, he had this idea that the Hulk had not an ounce of fat on him. He mm. was pure muscle, sure. which is why they came up with this design, which is just like all sinewy. But yeah, I don't like his hair. It looks like he's just stepped out of a salon. Um, he lo It looks feathered. His hair looks slightly feathered uh, in this, which you just don't imagine the Hulk would have. Because where, where does he get his hair cut? Exactly. Right. Yeah, and he'd have to. He, I mean, I get angry in hairdressers, so it is very feasible uh, that he just sort of goes into a hairdresser and goes, "How much?" and uh, and then he's the Hulk and gets. Sorry, his hair do you cut. get angry in hairdressers because of the price? 
uh, I get angry in hairdressers because I've paid for something that I didn't fundamentally ask for, and there is no there is no way back at that point. Because <laughs> it always looks the same. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, to you, but to me, I can see the minutia that is different and what I right. didn't ask for. Right. Uh, okay, I see. And then you shout at a hairdresser, and then you leave. <laughs> I don't shout because I am still British, so I I I, I tip. Uh, I reward them with a good tip, <laughs> go and then I, I go walk outside, and I, I go home, and I I, I cry and rock and spew, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's um, it's awful. It's I mean, a lot. Have you never yeah. have you never had a haircut and gone? Oh, that is not what I asked for. I know. I've well, what I've had is haircuts where they've done what I asked for, and they shouldn't. They should because I'm an idiot. So they should say, "You do not. You will look fat in that. So don't do it. <laughs> Your face is very round, and if you have that haircut." you will look like a Civil War reenactor, so don't do it. <laughs> and I wish they had, but they don't. They're just nice. And they go, okay, cool, no problem. And I, I, I need a firm hand in the hairdressers. Okay. Yeah. Chris? I can't remember what it's like to go to the hairdressers. Oh, God, sorry, sorry. That's triggering. Sorry. That's on me. Bad move. Yeah, bad absolutely. Yeah, that is on you. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't. I forgot. I forgot. Because we haven't seen you for such a yeah. long time. We forgot you've got no <laughs> I'm hair. I'm still poor. So. Yeah, it hasn't grown back <laughs> magically since okay. we last spoke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shall we get back? Um, um, no, um, wait, hang on. What, um, what? Well, there's just one. Uh, there's a connection. Uh, Gilfoy from uh, from um, uh, Silicon Valley. You know the guy who he gives the pizza to. He's a connection in the MCU. He is trivia. He is. He's a right. You you do it, Chris, because you do trivia. Well, the actor's Martin Starr. He plays a scientist here, and he's also uh, Peter Parker's teacher in the Spider-Man movies. Oh. Mm. But not the same Great. character, I don't think. Just the same actor. No, I think he's the same character. He's supposed to be the same character who has graduated to become teacher, teacher man, <laughs> whatever you call a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching too many superhero movies. Teacher man. He becomes teacher man. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week at Sukarnov. On the Luke and Pete show, Luke introduced me to some bizarre animal warfare. In the 70s, there was a... <laughs> I can't remember to say this, but I promise you it's true. <laughs> there was a war, an actual war, between rival chimpanzee clans that went on for over four years. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on Abroad in Japan, Chris is facing off against a natural disaster. So the same day that I'd run out of fuel, right, I was like, well... I made it in one piece. Thank you, God. 
And then, like, five hours later, the worst earthquake I've ever experienced. It was a 15-storey building shaking from side to side. It went on so long, I was like, this hotel's coming down, and I don't want to be in it when it does. Listen to Abroad in Japan and The Luke and Pete Show available on your favourite podcast player. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. Vicky, you were talking about Mr Green and Mr Blue. Yes. I thought they could have done something here because they've got Tim Roth, who's Mr. Orange. They've got Tim Roth. It's Why don't they do right something with that? You. Yep, it's right there, right there for the taking. <laughs> well, that's because, Chris, they're too busy with dialogue such as Tim Roth. No, um, the leader saying, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And to write dialogue that's that um, energetic, that's that mysterious, that's that sort of alluring, that takes a lot of time, I found. <laughs> well, you can't, so... call him, uh, you can't call him the leader. He's Dr. Samuel Stearns because he never gets to become the leader. No. <laughs> <laughs> which is so sad for Tim Blake Nelson. I feel yeah. like there mm. should be some spin-off movie for all the villains that were set up in movies that then flopped and they never got to pay off, like Deathstroke in, the, in DC and Paul Giamatti Rhino oh, yeah. in Amazing Spider-Man 2, the leader here. Like, make a movie for all those characters who got screwed over. Yeah, He'd be great now as well. Did you watch, uh, did you see him as uh, Looking Glass in Watchmen? He is so good uh, in uh, the Watchmen TV series. Yeah, he's a great actor. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. He's really, really good. But, um, I, 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 go on. It also made me think that they should do another spin-off, like a support group series or something, for all the unfortunate new boyfriends in these superhero movies. Like you got you got Phil from Modern Family here and Chris O'Dowd <laughs> in Thor, uh, the guy reads Scott in Venom. Like all these guys who were perfectly decent dudes who just get completely yeah. screwed over because the superhero comes back and, and whisks the girl off the off her feet. Yeah. yeah. I did think the so when Oh God, I've lost, I've lost my banners and my Eric banners. I had to write so many notes to myself that were like, that one's Ang Lee, that one's not. And just, I lost the thread of which film. And I watched them too close together. Anyway, just to say, we see the cure happening in the lab. And I thought that looked good because you're seeing the Hulk in broad daylight, right? There's no night vision. There's no fake out. There's no like, you know, helicopters firing at him. It's just watching the transformation. And mm. I thought it was good. Mm. And even for now, I thought it was good, you know? Yeah, his veins are popping and his his eyes are popping and, yeah, it's it's a really powerful scene. To go back to Phil from Modern Family, though, as one of these boyfriends who gets hard done by, he does call General Ross. Uh, he dobs in uh, Ed Norton. What's he supposed um, to do, because, though, Alex? <laughs> well, apparently he does it. I think in a deleted scene, he, he does it because he's a bit jealous, really. He's like, um... Anyway, the point anyone, is... That anyone he, that he, calls he, the military in these films or calls the authorities, I think they're in the right because this bloke's out of control. <laughs> he uh, That scene where he meets up, though, with uh, General Ross... Um, because he's a psychiatrist, isn't he, Phil, from Modern Family? Yeah. Uh, but he's also an idiot because he says um, uh, it's a matter of professional pride that I can tell when someone is lying. And he stares at the general. That is all you need to say. Everyone understands that you mean <laughs> the person you're talking to. But Phil from Modern Family doesn't stop there. He goes, it's a matter of professional pride that I can tell when someone is lying. And you are! <laughs> Every time you think of it, remember, I'll get the bus. Because that is what you're dealing with here. Like the, That's the best line in it. About It's about a point of professional pride. It's like, that's cool. That says about your backstory. That's uh, It's clever. As in, you figured this thing out and you're confronting, you know, this big guy. And then he ruins it by going, just to be clear, I think you're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack Hughes! <laughs> it's you. It's not me. It's you. Um, I Talking about more stupid dialogue, um, Edward Norton takes the time to uh, take Liv Tyler aside, uh, open her handbag and tip it on a bed. Rude. Rude. Uh, and then goes, um, hey, you can't take any of this with you. Uh, you cannot take a cell phone. Uh, you can't take your credit cards. Uh, just wait there while I go and send this email to uh, the guy who we're going to go visit. <laughs> okay, where was I? It's like, why would you send an email? You've just <laughs> told her not to take anything because they'll track it. And then the first thing he does is send an email, which they track. Yes, I, can't yeah. be- I cannot believe that in this film. He's supposed to be so clever and he gets caught in the most stupid, obvious way. I 100% agree, mm. Alex. It's ridiculous. I was distracted because I was like, you sending an email from a petrol station? And I didn't understand what that was about. 
And how much was that necklace worth that it got them a truck? I know. Uh, like petrol to get to uh, wherever they went. And um, I thought they bought a boat, but I think they didn't buy the boat. I think they just got a ride on a boat. But at first yeah. I was like, you bought a boat as well. <laughs> <laughs> that taxi scene, though, that taxi scene. It's such a weird scene. It's kind of nice because it gives Liv Tyler something to do other than say Bruce's name um, when she starts screaming at the taxi driver in New York. But it's sort of it's sort of, it's a non-scene. It doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's just like it's also I get it. Like oh, New York can make anyone go crazy, but not Bruce because he's got he's got this under control or whatever. And isn't modern life crazy? <laughs> All of that. <laughs> but it's a little bit judgmental. She's a little bit like hysterical woman in that scene, and he's like. God, dude, calm down. And I just did, uh, I don't know. I just found the tone a bit preachy. Didn't like it. Um, And it's not funny. So there we go. Uh, So let's talk about the fight because that's really the last thing I've got to say. Um, As we've mentioned, well, you talked about. you talked about bad dialogue, but Bl- Blonsky turns into the monster because he demands more of this blood from, from Stearns. And Stearns says, yeah. I don't know what you've got inside you already. The mixture could be an abomination. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't mind that, weirdly. <laughs> um, there's also uh, the bit where um, Tim Tim Roth, um, I, you might, I might be wrong, um, but I don't think I am. Uh, he calls a woman who I don't believe he shared any dialogue scenes with at all, uh, up until this point in the movie, an annoying bitch as he knocks her out. Uh, there's been no development as oh, to yeah. why, why he hates her. He just goes, he goes, annoying bitch, after he's knocked her out. <laughs> in, yeah. the dele- in the deleted scenes, there is a bit of a confrontation. She doesn't trust him. She thinks he's um, going to go off the rails. She's right, and they don't like each other. They've yeah. cut that scene. Probably cut the bit where he goes, annoying bitch, as well, because there's no real explanation for that other than he's a massive misogynist. I guess yeah, he probably found her annoying that. at the school when that um, back and forth happened as well. Mm. well. I don't remember that, but then I don't remember a lot of this movie as we've established. Exactly. Uh, so we're fighting We're fighting each other. We're roaring at each other. It's a CGI fight um, in Harlem, uh, apparently. Um, and oh, I don't know. I sort of tune. I'll be honest. I just tuned out. I don't. I don't really engage with like just ginormous. Well, I suppose maybe it's more because it's of its time. But like, there's just this mess of CGI. I don't care who's hitting who, do I? Like, I don't. The bit that I liked. She's so silly that I like this. Is when when Holt puts out a fire by clapping. I was like, that's wicked. <laughs> oh, that was you great. didn't. I did. Oh, I've, written, I've written down that is so stupid. It's great. Like that is that's my worst bit in that whole fight. I agree with you. You said it at the start. It's like the worst part of Iron Man is him and Jeff Bridges, the CGI versions of them fighting at the end. And Iron Man's a great film, and you forgive it like that fight at the end because it's done it's it's done its work to get to that point you're like tony stark is fucking cool this is amazing i could watch more of this but that bit's rubbish in iron man and it's it's just a bit rubbish again here i I appreciate he doesn't turn into a cloud in this movie but but this was (laughs) this was kind of like the start of a of something that we've all agreed is bad which is these big city uh battles in mcu movies this was the first of them where they take down a city while two giant cg creatures slap the shit out of each other and it just it just kind of becomes white noise um, yeah. or, or it looks uh, like uh, a yeah. cutscene from a video game. It doesn't feel like there doesn't feel like there's human stakes in it, and so I just I found it hard to become engaged. It's about moments, though. I mean, you look <clears throat> the battle for New York in Avengers. Uh, you know, um, all, all the huge battles that they they've had in in, in the MCU. Um, they all have moments, uh, like the airfield battle in, in in Civil War. They have moments, like really great little moments where something kind of cool happens, and they've also got a lot of dialogue going on to and fro, which really peps them up. And they're not like this. This is just things hitting each other with no words and no <laughs> sort of ingenuity in how they hit each other, apart from that ridiculous clap, which you are totally wrong about. <laughs> it's stupid. There's some ingenuity when he he splits a police car in half and puts both halves on his hands and uses a police car as boxing gloves. Uh, Did that really happen? Are you testing yeah. me? <laughs> that, happens, that happens in the film. And oh, I think great. the moment that I think the standout moment is is the beginning of it when he he decides to jump out of the helicopter 
to 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 land in the ground yeah. and turn himself into the Hulk. That's a really interesting concept. I think it's really well shot, and I think it's it's something they came back to and used a couple more times in the MCU because they liked it so much. But I I remember that being the standout moment in this sequence. That's from Zach Penn's original Hulk 2003 rewrite that he did. He carried that over into this movie, and yeah, yeah, I agree. That is um. That is a really good moment. But um, the other good moment, there's one little look the Hulk gives after he thinks he's put the abomination away early on, and then it comes back, and it just like there's this really resigned sigh on his face. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And that's (laughs) really nice. I did also like Hulk smash because did... Did the Hulk didn't say Hulk smash in the two thousand and three one? Did he? Honestly, I can't can't remember. So I like it in this because I like it in this because it's it's the sound of my actual house all day, every day. Children screaming Hulk smash and smashing the shit out of my house. So that's quite nice. Um, But also from a character point of view, from a script point of view, you know, he's owning himself, and that's a nice moment. Like, why not? Well, it's his catchphrase as well, so it is important to hear it. Puny Hulk and Hulk smash. We get both of those in this film. But yeah, he stops short though, doesn't he? He doesn't kill Abomination. Um, I don't. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think no, so. No, he doesn't. Because Abomination gets locked up in Shields Alaska uh, facility, not on screen, but that's what happens to him. Okay. Apparently, I, I ended up reading a lot about this because I didn't know. But apparently, um, when they first set up the Avengers Initiative, um, they want uh, Abomination on the team because I think uh, like the World Security council thinks that abomination was actually fighting the hulk and he was a good guy so they try and put him in the avengers and then they're like uh no he's uh, a really bad dude put the hulk in instead it feels like they should kill him here though and they didn't because as you say alex he, he, it turns out tim roth was tied to three movies but it doesn't yeah. feel like the right call at the end here either i think you should put that guy down I mean, I can't even really remember how it ends because I knew what I was wanting to see, which was the end credit sequence. And I thought you'd be pleased, Chris, because the door opens <laughs> yes. and all you can see are Cuban heels and flare trousers. Boot you can't cut. see the man's head. <laughs> I know those trousers. I know that cut. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. You're like, oh my God, it's Robert Downey. It's straight away. The heels. I went, God, I went down this massive like Google image search of his heels. He loves ages. his heels. He does. He does. Yep. Um, so yeah, RDJ's there as Tony Stark. I, mm. I mean, if I'm honest, I wasn't listening to what he was saying because it was so nice to see him. That- yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Do yeah. you not feel like I sort of forgave everything that had gone before the hour and 50 minutes I just watched? I was like, if he is, it feels like he's endorsing this movie. Yeah. I, Tony Stark, aka Robert Towney Jr., uh, I endorse what you've just watched. You're like, well, it must have been good then because he's here. <laughs> so he, he wouldn't be here if it wasn't, even with some severely over-sculpted facial hair, which I'd forgotten he used to have. He's oh, yeah. still really good. There's um, a quote that I wanted to read you from 2008 from Ben Child in The Guardian. And it's it's meant to be Arch. He's being funny, but it's really funny when you look at it now. So it says, um, it's been known for a while that Robert Downey Jr. will make a cameo as Iron Man. Apparently, Captain America will also feature briefly in The Incredible Hulk. Will there be no end to this feckless superhero cross-pollination? <laughs> this sort of thing never used to happen. Um, we can expect to see it taking place all the time now that Marvel owns the rights to his own characters. It's like, that is really yes. funny. When you think about it now, um, so that's it. It made uh, the Incredible Hulk made the least amount of money um, of the MCU things. Uh, everyone thought they were going to get a sequel. They didn't. That's it. Yeah, it's interesting that, that that both these Hulk movies cost almost exactly the same amount of money and made almost exactly amount, the same amount of money five years apart. Yeah. Do um, do is it your worst Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? Have you taken the time to rate them in your head? Uh, I think I have to say, I think it is mine. I know uh, Thor The Dark World is another popular yeah. choice. Uh, I, w- I, I would rather watch uh, Christopher Eccleston as Malekith again uh, than, than watch The Incredible no, Hulk. I, I, I really, dislike I, that I, Thor movie uh, more than I. I prefer this to the Thor movie, definitely. And I haven't rewatched okay. Iron Man 3, but I, uh, Iron Man 2, but I really didn't like that at the time, so I'm not sure. Hmm. I mean, do you think. Um, like I'm interested as to why the Hulk has didn't take off. I mean, there's there's problems with both the films that we've talked about, but isn't it because, especially the first one, you don't want to show anybody dying; they want to keep it family friendly. But here is a man whose ultimate power comes from that you can't mess with him. Like he can kill you if he wants to. That's his ultimate power. 
And in this second one, again, isn't the draw of the character, the the conflict, the inner conflict, and we don't really see that here either because it got cut out. So are you losing the thing that makes the Hulk um, interesting or enticing or relatable or whatever? I think you just need other superheroes around him, which is why he works so well in the Avengers, because you need people as powerful um, uh, uh, or at least with an understanding, you know, the, the minute you put Tony Stark next to him, who can have a conversation with him, who has like the the uh, Hulk armor, uh, you know, who has like you know this ability to sort of reason with Banner and then potentially take on the Hulk uh, if he flips out, he works better as part of an ensemble. I, but I would be, I'm, I think the interesting thing is going to be if they do a solo Hulk movie with Ruffalo, what that's going to be like and, and how we then compare that and what they get right in that to these and how we then sort of retroactively go, oh, that's what they should have done all well, along. The solo mm-hmm. Hulk movie everyone wanted, they've done, and it was Thor, um, yeah. which is the Planet Hulk storyline. But I Ragnarok. think what they've done is 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 with different writers and directors and a, and a new actor, they, they've managed to make the story deadly serious uh, with Mark Ruffalo but at the same time, they've shown they've brought out the fun of being the Hulk as well, and so they've managed to to pull off both those things in the same stories, which neither of these films were able, were capable of. Yeah, everyone talks about the bit in um, uh, Avengers, like the be- one of the best moments in Avengers is when Hulk punches Loki uh, off screen. Oh, is it? Sorry, Thor off uh, off screen, um, uh, which is really good. And it's just like the idea that even though he is this rage monster. He still understand like he still he still is capable of doing something funny, even if it's not intentional. Like you make the Hulk sort of a comedy character. I think my favorite yeah. moment in all of the MCU films is when in Avengers he he um he calls Loki a puny god and slams him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for me. Do you want to do the bits? Uh, just before then, I cannot believe that you're not going to mention this. Um, are you uh, Victoria? Not yeah. interested to know uh, what uh, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross is getting fucking pissed up on in that bar. And also, <laughs> a, I, I William, Hurt, William Hurt is a, it looks like a great fun drunk to hang out with in that scene. I, I love a man who is just like, Stark, you always wear such wonderful suits. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, he's fun. I wish I was there. So go on. What is it? He's, he's drinking the green blood juice, whatever that's called. Isn't that right? No, he is drinking an incredible Hulk, uh, a cocktail uh, that was uh, created um, uh, called the Incredible Hulk, which is um, it's an American cocktail, uh, which is uh, equal parts of the fruit liqueur, which I don't think we can get here, but I'm sure one of us will know, uh, hypnotique um, and Hennessy cognac. Whoa. Over ice. <laughs> what you yeah. talk, what you talk, why is he drinking a Hulk cocktail? He hates the Hulk. That makes no sense thematically. I think I think it's hindsight. I think they, he's he's drinking that, and then they've created a drink around the drink he's drinking. Um, uh, but uh, there is also, and I, this is what really appealed to me, and I'm sure uh, will do you, Victoria. So that's the American version of the Incredible Hulk cocktail. There is also, uh, so that's Hypnotique and Hennessy mm-hmm. Cognac. There's also mm-hmm. a, a, a UK version. Uh, widely um, uh, drunk in the north of England, uh, which is uh, which is equal parts uh, lager and uh, wicked blue, <laughs> WKD blue. Uh, uh, what, what are you thinking? You're thinking yes, aren't you? You're thinking let's I've, go I've for got, it. Yeah, I've got both those things in the kitchen right now. We're finishing in ten minutes. Yep, it's a good time to crack that open. Is that still the bottle I got you for your birthday? Because yeah, uh, WK- it does go off, you know. I don't, I, 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 I need to drink. I don't know why I haven't drunk it. I don't know either. Uh, yeah, let's do the bits. Okay, lovely. Uh, what was your best scene, Chris? Uh, I think uh, I've got a list here, and I don't really like any of them. So I'm going to actually uh, say that deleted scene that Alex talked about um, where Bruce Banner tries to kill himself in the Arctic. I totally understand why they didn't want to open a family movie with the protagonist trying to commit suicide, but it's really beautifully shot. And it's a really powerful idea. I think that Banner wants to kill himself, but Hulk won't let it happen, which is the reason that Ruffalo brings it up in a later MCU movie. But I think it looks awesome on screen. So that is the best scene and it's not in the film. Yeah. Uh, Alex. So Chris has picked a um, a deleted scene that's uh, not actually in the film as his best scene. So Literally I'm going to pick. That. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just uh, reiterating. Uh, it'll make sense in a moment. I'm picking the scene that uh, Zach Penn wrote but never shot 
in which the Hulk fights a school of sharks. <laughs> so that's my uh, that's my best scene. That's great. Um, on the same sort of in the same sort of wheelhouse, I'm going to pick uh, what happened in the opening credits that we didn't get to see because that looked like quite a good story. So no, the origin. This, this is getting ridiculous. I, I'm, I'll pick. I'll pick the bit where he falls out of, out of the helicopter. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, I mean, I didn't talk about it because, uh, but when he's stomping around that field, <laughs> being angry, and they yeah. power him, overpower him with sound waves, something. I that's quite like not, that. That's not explained very well. I'm like, but, but no. is, that, is that a thing? I mean, Why is everyone else th- not on the floor? Because if the sound wave gets hit, he's not a dog. Like <laughs> He's just a big man. So everyone's ears would explode. Whatever. Whatever. Um, Chris, your most valuable whatever. I liked the moment when he uh, is working his way back to through the favelas and he's begging because they play the music from the original TV show. And yeah. having watched a couple of episodes of that show in the not too distant past, um, I think the music was half of the, the power and the popularity of that show, that heartbreaking uh, theme tune. So it's very effective here. It's very effective in that TV show and it's better than everything else. <laughs> uh, Alex? We didn't really touch on that, did we? The bit where he um, somehow gets from Rio de Janeiro to Guatemala to Virginia uh, in two <laughs> two days uh, on foot. Uh, I do like the bit where he wakes up in the rainforest uh, after his big first Hulk fight in the bottling factory and he's by a waterfall and there's some flowers near him and he's got his top off and it looks like an old Timothée advert is all mm, I can think for yeah, the whole time. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, uh, my MVW is Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> how'd, oh, you like that? that's how'd you like that, the Hulk? <laughs> that is terrible. Uh, sure, okay. Um, mine is Tim Roth. Um, it's not his best work. but it's I not. Can, I can see a man trying, <laughs> trying so hard with the lines he has been given. He threw that like a softball. He, I mean, he does his best, so good for him. You're going to have a lot of men pissing their pants. Sure. <laughs> He just his lies. He's like, I want to get in on the action. It's like, what? What does? Anyway, um, uh, what would you change, Alex? Uh, I'd have the Hulk fight a school of sharks <laughs> at some point. And no, what I said at the start, I really do believe there is a really interesting uh, visual idea of having Banner inside the Hulk's body from his point of view. And Chris yeah. told me to pick that at the start, so I've done it. It's really good. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, I'm sorry, Vicky. Uh, I would want to recast Tim Roth. <gasps> um, no. Like a lot of the Marvel movies, the villain is terrible here, but I think Roth doesn't help. I think he's really badly miscast. And also, I know who should have played the role. I was looking through the actors that were popular in 2003. Josh Lucas. Is it Josh Lucas? <laughs> no. So Jason Statham was coming off the back of the first Transporter movie. Leterrier directed Transporter 2. And I would like to see super soldier Jason Statham bouncing around and punching a Hulk. So yeah. that's that's your change. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, my change is make the Hulk's feet less cartoonishly proportioned. I understand he is a comic, and I understand that he is a uh, is his proportions are not <laughs> correct. But his feet look silly. They do. You said he did, you didn't like his hair, so I'm allowed to say I didn't like his feet. I don't like. It's not. That I've got a problem with his feet. They just look like troll feet. Like you know the cute trolls, like, like trolls Shrek. on tour. Oh, Shrek feet, yeah, yeah. But Vicky, I have big feet that are slightly out of proportion, and so this gives me something to look up to. And he's like a role model for my big. What do you you think our phone conversations are about every week? (laughs) That's what they're about. Your big troll feet. I'm sorry, Chris. You had to hear it from us rather than anywhere else because we're the ones who were talking about it. So I'd be sad if 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 Hulk didn't have them. I'd just be stuck with my clown feet. I don't think he should have like delicate prima ballerina feet or anything. I just think they splay out at the front like in a... How about about no feet? Just sort of... uh... (laughs) If it was just floating in a green mist, (laughs) that would be amazing. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's my change. Uh, I'm done. All right then. Uh, So that was Hulk from 2003 versus The Incredible Hulk from 2008. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Uh, Chris, these were your movies. Who would you like to go first? Ooh, uh, let's hear what... Vicky has to say. This is really hard because I haven't written anything 
because I haven't made up my mind, there are things I really like, there are things I prefer in both because I do like the Nick Nolte thing, you know, the whole you created me and I can't escape you and I'm responsible for you and I own you and all of that uh, very human tension. Um, But Jennifer Connelly, Eric Banner, the bloodlessness there gets on my nerves. Then in The Incredible Hulk, I like this is this is petty. I like the fact that it's shorter. Like I like that a lot. Um, but I find the dialogue annoying. I do find Ed Norton a little bit annoying. So I'm just going to do it, which is, you know, not great, but based on which one would I watch again? Um, and oh, it's the incredible Hulk starring Ed Norton. One vote for the incredible Hulk. Uh, I'll go next then, I guess. Are you happy mm. with that, Chris? Mm. Can I go? Okay. Uh, these are both rubbish films. Um, <laughs> The Incredible Hulk is entirely forgettable. Uh, Hulk is so annoyingly po-faced. I hate the fact that it thinks it's better than a comic book movie. Um, Both films, I think they're Bruce Banners are not a patch on Mark Ruffalo's interpretation of the character. Um, I am in 100% agreement with Victoria that length is playing a huge factor in my decision this week. And as I said on Monday... Hulk is just rude in how long it is. So my vote goes for the Incredible Hulk. And also he doesn't kill any dogs. Obvious. Obvious. The Incredible Hulk is our winner this week. Incredible Hulk is the winner. Yay. Chris, tell us what you would have gone for, though. Yeah, I think you've both given a very obvious answer this week. Because I'm giving it to the film that showed more ambition and more invention. Because even though Ang Lee's movie missed, at least it swung for the fences, gave us a lot more to talk about. And more importantly, it wasn't bland. And I think that being bland is a sin in a superhero movie. So I'm giving it to the 2003 Hulk. Oh, interesting. I should have let you go second. We could have had a bit of jeopardy. Uh, but never mind. That's it. We're done. The Incredible Hulk is the winner this week, uh, which I, I, I agree with. I, I, I didn't say it on Monday, and I didn't even say it in the verdicts. I got very angry watching 2003's The Hulk. It is, it's a movie that tests uh, the very fabric of patience, and I, I, I did not like it. And it was uh, the better film. Okay. No. Well, yeah. Uh, so, Victoria, let's turn mm. to you now. You gave us a clue uh, on uh, Monday's episode for what we're doing next week on the show. What was the clue? The clue was if you can impress a girl here, you can impress a girl anywhere. Yeah, See I can. See what I've done, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, right then, what are they? Right, so from, uh, I'm just trying to think which way around I'm going to do it. Uh, all right, yes. So 1986, Alex, you are watching Crocodile Dundee. And yes! <laughs> oh, that was like, that was the, first, the second VHS I ever watched. I'll save it for next week. Carry on. <laughs> and Chris, from 1988, you're watching Coming to America. Lovely. Love it. Awesome. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much for listening. That's us done for this week. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Give us a rating. Give us a review if you have the time. It's very much appreciated. Follow us on Twitter, at ClashPod. On Instagram, at ClashPod. Back on Monday, talking Crocodile Dundee. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 